Hello and welcome to In the Studio with Anne podcast. This is Anne and as always, thank you so much for listening. So today I want to talk about the next chapter in the five love languages of children. We're going to talk about chapter four and this one is quality time. So this chapter was a good one, like all, like all of them. Um, but I really took a lot away from this chapter, especially some things that I've been going through with my three-year-old and my seven-year-old. Um, so it shared how you can, without even knowing it, think that your child is acting out and then give them a timeout or send them away to their room when they're starved for quality time. And that by doing this, it's actually very harmful to them if their primary love language is quality time because this is the time the most that they need you and kind of sending them away um, can be very devastating. Although it can be a very natural thing to do. I know I've done it myself many times. Um, it mentions how if you can find the time to do the things you need to spend time with your kids, it can help give you the time you need since in most cases your child will be more willing to give you the time you need if you give them the time they need first. And so yeah, I've been really trying to to do that where I find if I am able to spend that time with them um, or it allows me with my seven-year-old to be able to then explain to her, look, when I, I did this, now you need to do this and give me some time. Um, and I think that it, it lets them see that give and take happening. And I think though with my three-year-old, Falling into what I just talked about has been something that I feel kind of guilty about reading this chapter because there are many times that I look at her behavior as acting out or she's having a tantrum or whatever and I'm just like, okay, I need you to go here. You're not behaving. But at the end of the day, reading this chapter makes me realize that's not what's happening. She's not being a bad child because I truly believe that all children are good. They're just trying to express themselves. And especially at the age of two, three, you know, they're having that, you know, communication gap happening and it must be so hard for them. So I can only imagine if I was unable to communicate with somebody, how frustrated I would be. And then on top of that, if you're just in need of sort of starving for a certain thing from that person, how much more that would be. I mean, I think about when we traveled to other countries that had different languages and how frustrating that could be sometimes that we couldn't speak their language. And so I feel like that's kind of where that age group is at. And they don't know how to control their emotions. So they just get angry and cry and yell and scream but when we do separate them and we look at them as if there's something wrong we're also teaching them that when they feel sad and upset and mad that we're then pushing them away from us and I read something that said that when you do that too often then don't be surprised this is what will end up being a teenager that just stays in the room and doesn't come to you with things. And I thought about that and I said, yeah, there's never any guarantee. I mean, not to say that 
you know, you do it all right and it's all going to turn out right. But it does make sense that when they are feeling these big emotions, that's when they need you the most. And I'll be honest, I don't always do that, but because we hit those moments when we're just like we do at sometimes when you're feeling overwhelmed as a parent, I think it's best for everybody just to take that moment to just you go here, I go here, let's regroup. But if we can, more times than not, remember that when they're in those moments, just getting down and holding them, being with them in that emotion, even if we are annoyed by it because, you know, we think, well, why can't they just go leave us alone? Like, give us our time. Um, but it is still a valid emotion that they have. So this chapter really helped kind of make my thought process go in that direction. And it also mentions, um, it talks about, I'm trying to find here. Oh, it talks about positive eye contact and sharing thoughts and feelings, which help you know your child better. And if you have multiple kids, giving them one-on-one time is so important because you cannot allow for those good conversations to happen when you're with too many others or being distracted and that quality conversations are a really big one that will go into adulthood. So it's so important because we do want to foster that now so that when they are adults or young adults, that they are having quality conversations with us. That's the norm. And that's what they will know. They mention how your child will never outgrow this need if it's done right. And that's a, that's a, that was a really big one for me because I thought that is my goal for the future is that I want to have that be happening because it's hard when you don't have that with your kids young and then you try to establish it later. I have seen this happen in other times in my life, um, with my own experience as a child, seeing things with my sister and friends that it was a little too late when some of their parents wanted to actually start. And it was just kind of like the time was gone. That was something that needed to be fostered early. Um, and it's a sad reality. Bedtime is a good time to do this when they're young, which is something that we started doing a while ago. And to be honest, bedtime was the time when we discovered all of these issues and fears that my oldest was having with kindergarten last year. All the things she bottled up inside and she almost in some ways acted as if everything was okay. And then there were those times when I thought, you know, I just don't know. She's kind of like, that's a little red flag. That's a little red, what's that about? Slowly making changes, but bedtime was the biggest time that we discovered it. And it was mostly my husband who would sit down at bedtime with them and that would be kind of their time to sit and talk. And he would come down and say, wow, you know, Haley really shared a lot about how she's feeling tonight at bedtime. And we would say, you know, yeah, maybe something's going on here that we want to address. So that is a very true statement. And it says, read me a story is a good thing to do. Have them read to you or give or you read and you then talk about the book and how it relates to life. Um, 
talking about emotions he mentions is really important to be really talking about emotions all the time and give your kids the tools to know how to manage them. So this can be a really good thing to do with that quality time. And it mentions that your child gets, as your child gets older and they start to be in more activities, you need to plan for this quality time to happen because if your child's love language is quality time, know this, that without a sufficient supply of quality time and focused attention, your child will experience knowing uneasiness that his parents do not really love them. And, you know, that was a hard one for me to read. But to be honest, um, realize that, you know, when we do not think about this stuff, no matter what, sometimes, you know, what we're doing isn't enough. So, you know, that was eye-opening as all these chapters are in realizing that I think this is mentioned in every chapter that if that's their love language and you don't give it, they are going to feel unloved no matter how much you do love them, how much you are doing, they will feel unloved. So I think that's why this book I feel like is so important because for me as a mother of four kids, I want to be using my time to the best and being the most effective in making them feel loved. And I don't want to waste my time because I had mentioned that as they get older, you're going to be able to hone in on one thing. Well, when they're younger, it can be a little bit more difficult because you kind of have to do that balance of them all. And I do believe that you're always going to want to love them in all these love languages. But I think what's going to be key to knowing their love language is that then you can maximize your time the best on knowing what is that one thing that's going to knock down the domino effect to every other one and focusing on that one thing which is their specific love language is going to I think help everything overall because if your child feels loved they're going to respond to you better they're going to treat you better and like I'd mentioned in other ones they're going to learn better as well and so I think that this one was one that I've also noticed with my seven-year-old is that I think there were so many times that I was thinking I was giving her quality time, but it was during the day when everybody was around and I noticed that she really likes that quality time without any distractions at all. And it's like a special time that just she gets to have with me. And that's at bedtime. She she is starting to really like to stay up past the other kids and be the only one that gets to stay up and be with me. And we have our thing where we watch Hallmark together. And I've noticed such a happiness with her and a connection with her when I do that or I do one-on-one projects with her. Um, And I won't even really have to spend a ton of time with her. It's just it fills her up so much. And and it's become such a fun thing for us to do together. And I think it makes her feel really special that, you know, she gets to stay up. But it's also that time that you are able to give that quality conversation with your child. Because there aren't any distractions. It's quiet. We can talk about life. We can talk about her day. We can talk about maybe something that's 
happening on the movie that might be something that we can bring into a little bit of a lesson and it's it's been a really really neat experience in realizing that it can really fill your child up in big ways when you're willing to do that and um it can be very challenging because again if you have multiple children like I do and you are busy with activities you really do have to be very intentional and I think this is when it's going to become very important that you and your spouse are on the same page with this because you're going to have to help work with each other to be able to be making the time and to to give the, that to your child and 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 it can be happening on both sides with you and them or your spouse and them um or together and so quality time i think is it can be a hard one because it does i think require a little bit more time in um planning for how is it going to happen because with our busy lives and everything that's going on that can be something that can be easily missed and you can easily think oh well I'm giving them quality time but that quality time is kind of based on what they feel is quality time if they're not feeling that it really is and it's not working for them then it's really a waste of your time so I think that the biggest thing I took away from it as well was you know as a parent we think that we are supposed to have all the answers and know how everything works and we really don't. I mean, these kids don't come out with manuals. I say that all the time. And I think communicating with them as to, you know, how can I better um, understand you? How could I make you feel better? You know, I tend to say that more often now is when my children are upset I you know how can I make you feel better is more of my response than me assuming that I know how to make them feel better and it was like a light bulb situation because I thought oh my gosh how did I not know this because I'm very much that way I mean I feel like a lot of times people think they might know how they can help me but they don't really ask me what I want And so I'm like, you know what, you're not helping me because you're not asking me how I feel. So I'm doing that to my children. Why am I doing that? And I think it's just because we think that we have to play that role of having all the answers and knowing what they, what they need all the time. And it might be, it might make you feel like it's a sign of weakness if you don't know how to do something. And I think that comes back to our personalities in general as well. Um, if you're like a person that kind of feels vulnerable when you don't have the answers or you don't have it figured out or you have to kind of ask somebody else. But I think that that's just a healthy way of communicating and starting that healthy communication with quality conversation can start there in saying, you know, what can I do to make you feel better? What is it that you need? Or is this time I'm giving you working for you or what would you like to do with our time together instead of always thinking you have to pick it out and it's like oh well I thought this was going to be so great and I thought they were going to love it so much and then you're feeling you know upset about that when 
what's being missed is, well, how does your child feel? And what did your child maybe want to do? And sometimes it can be so simple and we seem to make it more complex than it even needs to be. Um, and I think that I sometimes forget how smart they really are and how much they really do understand and what their, the, all the little thoughts going on inside their heads, how amazing um, that can be if you find a way to get that out of them is really, really amazing to see. Just in switching and changing a little bit of the um, language that you use and sort of allow them to lead in a way a little bit with you beside them. So um, I think quality time and quality conversations should kind of be something that we want to give all of our children, definitely, even if it's not their love language. But I think that what we need to realize is with all of these is how much more devastating it can be for your child not to be getting it if it's their love language. You know, it's not even so much about knowing their love language so you can give them their love language, but it's knowing their love language so you can realize the significance in when they're not getting it you know, what does that do for them? And do you want to risk that? And maybe it can help you understand where you're at with them if they are really struggling um, with understanding sort of why. So I really, really like all the chapters, really liked this chapter a lot. It ended with, here's a few more ideas for parents Um, pick and choose among them to try to think of new things to do with your child for quality time. It says, instead of waiting until all your chores are done before spending time with your child, include them in your daily activities, such as laundry, grocery shopping, yard work. So bringing them into your world. And this is really something that I actually have just made a big, huge shift in doing with all of the changes with the kids being home and us distance learning them or teaching them or homeschooling, whatever we call it, I've almost had to do this because I still have to do my life and the things that I needed to do, but my kids are always around and how can I make those things into quality time and lessons in learning? So I've noticed a big change since just bringing them into both my and my husband's world. And now everything that we do, we find a way to make it so that we can have the kids involved with it, not just, oh, go up there and play while we do this. And then most of the time what happens is they're upset and we're upset because they don't want to be just up there, just ignored and and didn't want to do that. And we're like, why can't you just go up there and let us be? you know, and now we find a way, but it doesn't happen easily if you don't plan for it. If you're not in the mindset of, okay, my kids are going to do this with me and kind of maybe beforehand, think about how does it, is it going to look different? How can I make this look a little different so that it's not so frustrating to have my kids involved and they're going to learn something and have fun with it in the end. So Stop what you're doing and make eye contact with your child and as they tell you something important. So getting down on their level and looking them in the eye. Fix a healthy snack together. Find silly things to laugh about. 
Um, give older children single-use cameras to record meaningful occasions. Turn off your television and show, and turn off your television show to watch what your child wants to watch. Um, go to the toy store and play with some fun toys. Obviously, we cannot do that now. And ask very specific questions about your child's day that do not answer yes or no. Um, when talking to your younger children, uh, or when taking your younger children to the Parker playground, spend time with them instead of sitting back on the bench, pushing your daughter on the swing or riding the slide with your son um, creates lifelong memories. And, you know, that I feel like this one's hard for me, not because I don't want to have fun with my kids. I just feel like I don't even know how to have fun. And it's because I didn't really have a childhood where I was like a child. So I feel like when I do things like that, I feel really silly or like, no, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. I should be being an adult right now because even as a child, I felt that way. Like, no, don't be a child. You need to be an adult right now. And like, you've got to do the responsible thing. And so that one, I really marked down that I want to change that. I want to swing on the swings with my kids, go down the slide with them. Um, like why was I doing this? And I think oftentimes it's not because we don't love our kids because that's not the case for me. It's just that that goes deep into my story, deep into my past. And there is something with me as to why that's not easy for me to show that kind of quality time. So I had to work through that a little bit and, um, I'm working on arriving at a better place with that. Um, Mentions instead of screen time, focus on arts, such as singing together, schedule a specific date time, which Haley and I have our Saturday nights. And I will tell you this, just last night, I was like, Ugh, it's not going to work tonight. I had a Zoom call with other parents that we want. I wanted to connect with. And then we also um, had like some other stuff going on. And so we tried to put her to bed and say, well, you know, it's... We'll just do it tomorrow night, da-da-da. Anytime I try to do that, she no doubt will come out. And it's just, that's our time. So it's funny that, you know, she's not going to take no for an answer. And, and I guess she shouldn't. Um, surprise your child with tickets or a trip to a special place, camping, things like that. When we can finally leave our house again. Um, take your child to the workplace for a day, um, set aside special place in the house where you can go and play a walk-in closet serves as a castle, etc. garage serves as a workshop, involve older children in vacation planning, researching the internet together. My husband is really good at that. He does that with our kids and, um, it's really neat to see. And, you know, they, um, they can get a little carried away though when, you know, dad can't say no. It's funny to watch them. I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, have a camp out together, um, even if it's just a simple tent in your yard. And I love this idea because right now, you know, we're home and we can't really go anywhere. And how cool would it be to set up a tent outside with flashlights and camp food <clears throat> and, um, you know, camp, even though we're at home? How cool is that? And, Occasionally take family walks or rides. 
share more meals together as a family, making dinner time a special occasion. This has also been a huge thing right now with teaching. I try to make sure the kids are cooking with me and that we're doing that together. Spend a few extra minutes putting your child in bed at night with bedtime stories, talking about the day. Um, for older children, spend time doing homework together. Um, so this really comes down to that one-on-one time doing work with them. I think I talked about this in my podcast about hiding from homeschooling and how I thought that you know my kids could just independently do their work. But I've noticed I have to sit down and give them that quality time. And it's been a lot better. Plant something together. We're working on a garden right now and it's been really cool. Uh, make photo albums together on your computer. Talk together about memories you shared. And then on rainy days, sit in the same room and read quietly together, each with your own book or magazine. So lots of great ideas and lots of great information. So it's sometimes it's just what we need to hear because we're busy and we've got a lot going on. So I think that even if you could take just a couple of these things and maybe try implementing them and looking at sort of the signs that your child's giving you. And he does mention that a lot of times when you ask your child, you know, or someone asks your child about, you know, are you loved? And how, and then you say, why do you know they love you? Oftentimes kind of in how they're answering will tell you what their love language is sometimes because then they'll say, oh, because they do this or that. And if it gears towards quality time, then you're knowing it's quality time. Um, so, yeah, I think it's interesting, too, when your kids change their love language. So this book, I kind of feel like is going to be one as well as the Baby Wise book that um, I always have sitting. And I don't really do that book to the T because I won't say my kids even Lily's on a great schedule and I kind of just take with it what works and then push the rest aside but it's just as far as schedule goes I use it but I think this book is going to stay close to my nightstand to, to revisit as they grow and change to say you know where are we at right now so I'm excited that you're listening I hope you got some good information from the book Um, the next chapter is chapter five which is love language number four and it's gifts so stay tuned for that chapter and in the meantime this is in the studio with Anne podcast I'm Anne and as always thank you for listening